You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace, world, and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? I feel like I should have like a airplane sound effect because I'm <laughs> if as this is dropping I am on my way back from Ireland to Philadelphia. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm breaking kayfabe. I'm breaking uh, podcasting fabe. <laughs> How dare but, uh, you? Yeah, but I, I am currently en route from uh, Dublin, Ireland, back to Philadelphia. Hopefully after a great weekend. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. We are here for another episode of Mind and the Meanie. Mind and the Meanie, ask, ask Meanie 10. Or if you're ECW, um, ask Meanie New Jack. That's right. <laughs> as I throw the X up for our, our Patreon folks. That's right. Patreon.com so. slash Mind and the Meanie. Find us there. Yeah. Uh, Meanie, I'm going to just get us right into it because I know we're both parched here. Uh, I have a specific question I'd like to ask you at the top of the program. Meanie. Yes, dear. Are you ready to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something! Yeah, cause. I can't remember what regular air smells like. Don't forget, each week we do this segment at the end of every show, but today you're getting a full Ask Meanie segment. Meanie, I want to know what kind of seltzers did you bring to the party this week? Uh, I am rocking uh, old school Canada Dry. Ooh. Mandarin Orange. That's the good Nick. shit right there, man. And I brought yeah. myself a liquid death. A severed lime, my favorite yeah. beverage. Uh, so we're going to sandman these bitches. Here we go. In three, two. Yeah, my fingernails in here. One. Oh, yeah. Uh, I kind of jumped the gun, but fuck it. Mm, that lime smell is so good, dude. Yeah, nice summery smell. It's fucking oh, warm yeah. as shit today, so why not? Fuck yeah. Your belches will be hot and heavy today, friends. And we're gonna- Coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> a boy. Now we've started the party up, right? Like I said, don't forget to tweet us your questions every week using the hashtag AskMeanie, and you may hear your question asked on the show. We're going to start with Pod Squad member Jeffrey Mitchell. Yo, what's up, Jeff? What's up, what dude? Up, Jeff? Thank you so much for your questions, as always, every week. Uh, this question is for both Blue and Goob. I like that. That makes it sound like Paul and Oates, right? <laughs> Sounds like a law firm. <laughs> If you've been injured in a car accident, call Blue and Goob at 555-BOOK. This question is for Blue and Goob. Uh, What is the best prank you've ever been a part of? Blue and Goob is help you sue. (laughs) If you've been injured in a malpractice incident. Uh, Best prank I've been a part of? Uh, One of my favorite ones, because it was like a delayed reaction, was... Uh, I, I don't know if I've told that. If I did, I apologize. I don't think I've ever told this one here, so it's it's new. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you. Um, we were in, I was in WWE. I believe we were in Connecticut. And I was traveling with Al. And we just did our last show, went to get something to eat. And then we're going to the hotel. And then you're going to wake up early and then fly home. So uh, we get to the hotel, we check into the hotel, get to the room. I realized that I had left my knee pads in Al's rental car. 
So I call up out, hey, Al, I forgot uh, something in the car. Can I go get it? He goes, oh, yeah, sure. So I go down to his room, get the keys to the rental car. And then I go down to the rental car, open it up, and get my knee pads, which were in the back seat. I don't even know why they were in my gear bag, but I don't know. And uh, I was harking back to my days of you know working security at you know the casinos. And like I say, I worked at Trump Plaza. And before I got my casino license, while I was waiting for my casino license to come in, I had to uh, work in the garage where I just walk around, make sure nobody's breaking into cars, this, that, and the other thing. And... <laughs> You know, if anybody uh, left their window down or forgot to roll their window up, I would, like, reach into their car and adjust the volume knob on their stereo and turn the volume all the way up. So when they <laughs> started their car, they'd be like, oh, my God, was I listening to it that loud? You know, it's, you know, it's startled people, you know. Uh, so, like, I'm getting my knee pads out of the back seat, and I'm like, oh, man. So I reach up to the front of the car, and I, you know, Turn the volume knob all the way up in Al's rental car because he's driving to the airport in the morning. I'm taking the shuttle. <laughs> I'm not going to see him until next week, right? And this is back in the day of cell phones, flip phones, stuff like that. You know, you would turn your phone off at night, you know, you know, and then you know, you get the wake up call from the hotel, so to speak. So I turned my phone off, go to bed. Next morning, I'm waking up. I go, you know, grab my bag, get dressed, grab my bags. I'm on the airport shuttle back, you know, a hotel shuttle back to the airport. I go, oh, shit. Let me uh, turn my phone on. Turn my phone on. Uh, one new voice message. <laughs> oh, let me, uh, totally forgetting what I had done the night before. <laughs> if I can, you know, hold on. There you <laughs> go. A little seltzer kiss. Yeah. Here's the meatloaf. Um, <laughs> smell better going down. Um, <laughs> you have one new message. So I go listen and it's just the sound of very loud music and they also going, meanie, you son of a bitch. I <laughs> just cursing me out <laughs> and I'm on the shuttle bus just like, you know, giggling like, I wish, you know, you know, back in the day, you'd have the uh, the wherewithal to actually, you know, record, you know, cell phone calls like you do now, you know. But it, just the reaction is like, and the, the pain of picture, Al started the car, got startled. Instead of reaching for the volume knob to turn it down, he picked up his phone, dialed my number, Listen to my outgoing voice message, waited for the beep, and then left a message all <laughs> while the music was still blaring or whatever was on the radio was still blaring in the background. So the, not, not only did he suffer the rib, he didn't even bother to end the rib in order to call and curse me out on my voicemail. So that, that to me, that's like one of my personal best. You know, I've seen a plenty of ribs where you know, you know, people glue somebody's shoes to the wall or something like that. You know, yeah. with Gorilla Glue or whatever. But as far as once I pulled off a non a, a harmless rib, so to speak, uh, that's probably one of my favorite ones. I can say I've never really successfully pulled off a prank before, but my favorite one uh, was pulled on me. It was 2010 or 2011. Um, in college, I had a radio show at WCUR Westchester 91.7. And um, I had Bam Margera on the show. And it was a big deal. We shut, we like crashed the fucking radio servers and shit. Cause, you know, at the time, Jackass 3D had just come out and he was still a pretty popular guy. And he just strolled up on the campus. <clears throat> and um, so we're doing the show and we were FCC regulated. And, uh, I told him, I said, you know, I said, listen, man, like you can't cuss on the radio. Like, oh yeah, no problem, no problem. So one of the girls, I guess his girlfriend at the time, I, I can't remember her name, um, but she was there and she was talking on the show and she said, fuck on the air. And we all were like, oh shit. You know, we're like, we just skip right past it. Like whatever, like just got to be careful. You know, don't, don't be cussing. 
because they had the radio, the Sirius XM radio show at the time. Yeah. And then uh, didn't think anything of it. A couple days went by and Matt Toll, one of my close friends who was the station manager at the time, I was the programming director, he was the station manager, sends me this email and he's like, he's like, Adam, I just got a call from, uh, you know, the FCC uh, from a guy named Clayton Gwynn. Um, you know, we were reported by somebody and uh, the station's in, you know, getting a fine in big trouble. Like, we got to talk, you know. So I'm fucking like, oh, shit. I can't believe this happened to me because I knew something bad was going to happen. So my first thought was, oh, I'm just going to have Bam pay the fine because, he, you know, his fucking person that was with him was cussing up a storm on the air. And, right. uh, you know, so call Matt. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, what do I do? He's like, yeah, they're really upset. Like, they might suspend the radio license and, um, you know, there's going to be a big big penalty. And I'm like, fuck, am I going to get kicked out of school for this? You know, like I, I'm like halfway through college, you know, and yeah. he's like, no, you know, we're, uh, you know, he's like, we're trying to figure it out now. And unbeknownst to me, like Courtney was in on it. Like the whole fucking station was in on there recording me the entire time. There's a video of it somewhere that exists. That's great. Um, and they fucking got me good, man. They had me spinning my wheels for probably, God, I don't even know. I think it was at least at least a good hour and a half, two hours. Like he let me marinate. That was what pissed me off was like he let me marinate on it. The fact that it was like, you know, I was in trouble, but I had to wait to talk to him until like twelve o'clock. You know, yeah. Um, but that was probably the best the best prank that that someone's ever pulled on me before. Um, uh, uh, an hour is like the proper amount of time. I thought you were going to say like a week. You know, oh, which no. I would be like, oh man, that's fucking no. No, that would have been that would have been handcuffs or fisticuffs with somebody. No, that was just a. Yeah. It was just. A, I think it was about an hour because it must have been. It must have been March 29th because I think it was a, like a legitimate April Fool's prank that they pulled on me. Um, if I tried to find, I might actually do that for our Patreon listeners. I might try to find the screen cap of the email that they that they sent me. I think I still have it somewhere, but uh, yeah, that's that great. Was, <clears throat> that was probably my favorite one. Uh, let's see what else. Thank hold, you on, hold, well, hold on. Hold on. I got, I got, I got a, a story to add. Let's do it. Because, uh, you know, as you, you said one that had been pulled on you and that takes me back to, uh, WWE and, uh, you know, riding along with, uh, Mick Foley and Al Snow. We're driving from, I believe it was Cleveland to Pittsburgh and Mick goes, you know what I like? I, I'm kind of, I almost don't want to say because, you know, I don't want to be, you know, mocked for liking it, but, you know, Britney Spears song's really good. I, and I pop, I go, oh my God, yeah, this is like, hit me baby one more time, you know, Britney Spears. I'm like, yeah, that song's actually really good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like looking at it, it's like we're ribbing him going, and he goes, really? And I was like, no, seriously, it's it's a good song, right? And as if we had fucking planned it, it came on the radio. <laughs> I swear to God. And we're fucking just like, and we start like bobbing our head. Like it's like Wayne's World with, you know, when uh, Bohemian Rhapsody came on. We're just like, I kind of bobbing out to it. And, uh, you know, she goes, I still believe. Mick goes, still believe. You know, <laughs> and uh, we pull up to the, like the toll booth to pay the toll. And we're like rocking out the Britney Spears and the guy, the person at the toll booth is looking at us like we're nuts, like we're out of our mind. So Mick knows I'm a huge, I had become like a Britney Spears fan, like old school OG, hit me baby one more time uh, fan. So uh, I saw I bought a shirt. I started wearing Britney Spears shirts to TVs just to pop the boys and all this shit, you know. And uh, actually, I still have the shirt, which I cut the sleeves off, which, you know, Mrs. Meany will wear every now and then. And uh, wholesome Britney. Uh, yeah. So time goes by. We, there, there's a raw in Philly. I show up and uh, fucking Mick Foley, Edge, Christian all come up to me like, oh, man. Like they're all get, laughing like they just came from like this event. Like oh, it's like the Foo Fighters and the fucking uh, Big Me video where they're just like all pound around. Ha, ha, ha. And, uh, hey, Meanie, What? Ah oh, man, we just came back over from the uh the Tower Theater. Like, oh, what's going on? Oh, we went over and met Britney Spears. Like, what? <laughs> and look at I'm like and they're like telling me this, you know, how cool how they you know, they snuck you know, they got, you know, escorted in, they got to have like a private meeting and, and then I just like, Yeah, she totally gave you like a a hug like you were her, her uncle or something like that. And I'm just 
they're telling the story and just like I'm sure they're embellishing it. Oh, yeah. Look, I don't even know if this story's real at this point. <laughs> like this is 2023. I don't know if this story's like real, real or they're. But like they said that you know they're looking at me and like the further I go into it, they, the more I like I start like like guys. Why, why, why didn't you ask? I would have liked to go to uh, God. And they're like egging it on. They're just fucking milking it. Right. And, um, so I'm like, like, like down. I'm just like bummed out. And then like, I don't know how much longer later we're in fucking Cincinnati or something like that. And Mick comes up and goes, Manny, you know, remember how I told you, you know, we met Bryson Spears last week and, uh, like yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, you know, I, you know, she somehow she got my number. She 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 called me and, and left a message. Let's I let's to his, he plays a voicemail for me. He goes, "Hey Mick, this is Brittany, Brittany Spears. It's great to meet you in Philadelphia." I'm, he said as I'm you know listening to his voicemail, you just see like I start I go from being like happy meeting to looking like a droopy dog, you know. <laughs> It's like, ah, uh, yeah, like, you know, selling, 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 selling. And, um, and then, like, like eventually, Mick felt so bad that he had to let, let me off the hook and let me know that, A, that wasn't Britney Spears calling his, calling his phone. And B, it was actually Stacy Carter, the cat that he had put up to calling his voicemail to leave the message. And, uh, you know, the, it's like a story that, like, it was a rib. You know, it was a harmless rib, but like he actually went on to uh, write about this story in detail in the uh, the Foley is is good book. So if you have Foley is good by McFoley, go in there and read about the uh, the uh, Britney Spears rib that he uh, he pulled on me. <laughs> so as far as ribs that have been pulled on me, that was a pretty good rib. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a pretty good one right there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Derek Stark wants to know, during the WWE Invasion storyline, do you think the story would have been better if they had brought in more ECW originals? Uh, somebody who would have liked to have taken the payday? Absolutely. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, one of the reasons why the WCW Invasion kind of stunk was they didn't have a lot of the top tier W and that's not a diss on the guys they did bring in. Right. Right. But people would have liked to have seen the NWO. People would have loved to have seen DDP, you know, Goldberg all come in on that WCW invasion on uh raw. So, you know, if, if there's a reason, a way to learn from history on why the WCW invasion didn't work out, and you're doing the ECW invasion when you're making, is I'm I'm, I'm assuming this is he's talking about WWE ECW. Yeah. Uh. Well, no, he's talking about like the actual invasion, like I guess WCW coming in. So I think he's thinking. No, I think what I, he's about asking, ECW. I, 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 are you asking about ECW, right? Yeah, but I think he's asking for like the timeline where like the like the WCW invasion happened. I think he's asking. Oh, like, and, was, and they they aligned with, they aligned with ECW, right? Sure, even if it was just for like a couple weeks, you know, and yeah, yeah, like I said, you know, W. Okay, so now I got to you know realign my answer because. I thought it was just strictly about like when they brought WWE ECW back. Mm. Jesse Kelly here. I'm not a financial expert, but I do look for solid investment opportunities for investment growth and protection against loss. I do know that putting all your eggs in one basket is not a good financial plan. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver with Oxford Gold is as easy as one, two, three. Or you can buy precious metals and keep them in your safe. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. Call 833-901-901. Coin. That's eight three three nine zero one C O I N. So uh to you know because that's you know that WCW evasion failed on the merits that you know there weren't a lot of the main guys like I had just said. But yeah, yeah, even if they just brought in some more ECW guys and just gradually faded them out, or if they 
Bring in all the ECW originals, see which ones stick, and keep them around. Right. You know, just uh, you know, just to see you know who who the fans react to, and then kind of like you know uh, when you know they do a, a test screening, you know, yeah. just have 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 them watch it, see what sticks, stay with it. You know, bring in the, the ECW roster, see who you know the crowd reacts to. And, uh, you know, then re- react accordingly if to who you want to keep on the roster. But yeah, it definitely would have helped enhance the ECW invasion as well if they had, you know, brought more guys in, I think. I don't think it would have killed them because, you know, especially if you're running the East Coast, a lot of guys are on the East Coast, they're basically drive-ins. Right. You know, you, you're not going to spend that much on flights. You know, if you if you do the evasion, you know, angles around Philly towns and, you know, where ECW or sorry, ECW towns where ECW had ran and people are familiar with the product. So when the rest of the nation sees it, they act accordingly. They'll take the cue from the, the crowd on TV and go, oh, right. these guys are something. Let's react as too, you know, so. So that, and that's why a lot of people think the whole you know Booker T Buff Bagwell match was such a debacle because they did it in Seattle instead yeah. of like the next week if they had done it in Atlanta, it would have had a huge pop. It would have been it would have had more of an impact, and you know they you know the rest of the country would have seen the rest of the fans who weren't familiar with WCW would see the reactions of these folks, these fans reacting to that match. And the rest of the company, I think, would have taken the cue that these guys are, you know, worth cheering for or booing. Right. Do you think any of that was like, and I'll ask you a question about DDP in a second, but do you think any of that was like, I obviously can't get Vince's head or like any of the Booker's head, but do you think any of that was like purposeful that that was done? Just to kind of be like, hey, we won. Because I want to say that, that like, you know, Vince isn't the kind of guy that would mess with somebody's money like that. But I also think if it's like, well, you know. I told you our guys were better, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what do you? What's your take on that? Here's the thing: Vince isn't buying something for it to fail, right? He's not. That would be him wasting his own money. Forget like the money of the 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 wrestler. Look, Vince McMahon wants everybody to get over. The fact that they say somebody's getting over too much and the office is burying them really isn't true. The only way, like somebody kind of gets buried, is if somebody gets to the people in charge, who might not. It, it might come from like somebody in the locker room who doesn't want to see somebody succeed, so they go to the office and go, "Oh, this guy's got a bad attitude in the locker room." This, that, and everything. And it would have nothing to do with that person's talent. You know, you can sabotage them behind the scenes, but ultimately, Vince want, wants everybody get. Vince wants everybody to get over because the more wrestler he, more wrestlers he has that are over, the more tickets he could sell, the more merchandise, the more T-shirts he could sell. So if he's got, if he has a, a roster for like, I'm just throwing this number out there, thirty guys and they're all over. Shit. That's 30 different stars he can sell different t-shirts of and right. make millions of dollars and make all the money off of. So the fact that, you know, Vincent buys buy something to sabotage it is, doesn't sound like a good business move. And, you know, has Vince done things counterintuitive? Yes, but it's not from a, from a standpoint of, I'm going to bury it. It's gone from the standpoint of his instincts were off. You know, it has more to do with, you know, his instincts being often purposely going, damn it, pal, I'm going to prove a point here and I'm going to spend thousands of dollars to fly this guy around the world and put him on TV where TV time in wrestling is precious commodities. Right. Yeah. If they put you on, there's a, re, there's a, you could tell how you're doing the company, whether if you could tell, tell how you're doing in wrestling, depending whether on your own. If you're on raw or you're on velocity, right? You can see right. you're standing in the company. So, uh, you know, and if, you know, he thinks you're, you know, he's not going to purposely, you know, put you out there to spend the money and use valuable TV time on something just to fuck with it because right. he'd be fucking himself in the process. Meanie. Yes, sir. Summer's coming. Are you aware of that? I am such a summer person. 
I can't wait to be on the beach. And what better way to be on the beach and with the start of the summer season with a question, Mimi, are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Uh, the question is not if I'm, if I'm ready, is if other people's ready to see my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to be excited to see your body this summer thanks to Manscaped. Yes. They are here to ensure that your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair. And if you grew some winter man tits, the least you can do is make sure that you're hairless. Because trust me, guys, we're all there right now. It was a tough winter, okay? It's time to get ready for Hot Guy Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code Mind. Meanie at checkout. Manscaped Meanie, I'm not sure if you know, is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. And Meanie, I want to know how you are getting ready for your summer body this year using Manscaped's products. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's summer. You know, I'm going to be busting out the half shirt and Daisy Dukes when I go out about town. The uh, Performance Package 4.0 is awesome. Uh, the lawnmower uh, 4.0, not only is it waterproof, but it's good for uh, down below. And then, hey, you might have a little bit of unwanted back hair, too, that uh, you might want to get rid of as well. You know, a lot of people don't think about the back hair, and that's perfect for there. But the crop, or, you know, the crop preserver, the crop reviver, we, you know, getting the, you know, my, I'm going to be, uh, Turning 50 pretty soon. Uh, I need that weed whacker 2.0 to get the uh, the old nose hair and ear hair so I don't look like Abe Goat over here. <laughs> well, make sure those Daisy Dukes are looking official and fresh uh, by using the kit. This package, Performance Package 4.0 Mini, comes with the Essential Lawnmower 4.0 Waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations, or formulations rather, to round out your grooming routine. Because ladies, it's not just about Little John and the East Side Boys. That's right. You, sometimes you miss the gooch. And you got to get up in there with the gooch and the lawnmower 4.0. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. I love these reads. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on loose skin and reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. You can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land if you're bald enough. Inside the performance package, you'll find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful it can be when you're wearing your bathing suit or if in me's case you're wearing them daisy dukes out there at the beach you're going to get a little chafing and just like he said no one likes them nose hair sticking out of your face the package also comes with the weed whacker 2.0 you'll also get two free gifts the shed travel bag which is a 39 dollars value add and the patented high performance reduced chafing manscape boxers and if you're wearing sandals no need to fret meanie because you'll get the manscape shears 2.0 nail kit top to bottom you're going to look fresh as hell since zero ad thanks to manscape's products having the right tools for the job is essential do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job so go to manscape.com right now and save 20 percent off plus free shipping by using the promo code MINDMEANIE, that's manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping by using the code MINDMEANIE. Your balls will thank you. Meanie, I want to thank you and I want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the program. Thank you. <laughs> Aaron Atherton wants to know, uh, this question is for both of you. What would your dream venue be to hold a wrestling event at? Well, me personally, I I never got to wrestle at the Spectrum, so. But uh, I'm sure he he means like a non-conventional uh, arena, maybe. I think anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, shit. I wish I had a time machine. I wish I could have went back and worked at the Spectrum, but. Um, can't be the spectrum then um i'm jealous that the you know, gcw runs atlantic city all the time because i grew up in atlantic city and uh, my my daydream i always daydreamed of wrestling at my old high school oh that's cool and, and coming out to the you know the, coming in the ring with the high school marching band which cena kind of got to do even though it wasn't his marching band but it was a marching band right right you know uh i went to atlantic city high school the Atlantic City Vikings and uh 
I always daydreamed about wrestling there. But I, I got to kind of got to live that dream, sort of, kind of. Because before I lived in, like, say, I lived in a small town called Gloucester City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, in grade school, I went to Mary Ethel Costello School. And I got to do an indie show there, which was kind of cool to go back to. I feel like Madonna. This used to be my playground. This used to be but, uh, my childhood dream. Sorry. This used to be my grade school. <laughs> it's amazing, like, how small things are when you're an adult as opposed to when you're a kid. Yeah, dude. Which, yeah, duh, yeah, probably you're a kid. You're small, so everything was big. Duh. But, like, I went back to, I was in the gymnasium where I used to play as a kid. And I was like, oh, my God. This was way bigger when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, Gloucester City was, like, a huge town. Now you could just basically just walk from here to there and, no time. But. Yeah. Uh, a dream place to have a wrestling event. We did the Electric Factory, which was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think of something non-conventional. Hmm. I'm, I'm kind of blanking on that one. Because you know, most places that have had wrestling, I, I could say have had wrestling events, you know, so... I think I'm going to go with the spectrum. I think if I had to run anything, like I, I've never yeah. run a event, I've never wrestled before, but if I had to, I feel like that would be the place where I would want to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, just, I grew up watching Spectrum Wrestling. That they'll have the shows that Saturday, and the next morning you could watch the, the replay of the show on the local cable channel, Prism. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, if I had a time machine, I could go back and wrestle at the, uh, not that he was asking a time machine question. I would have loved to have wrestled the Spectrum and then watch myself back, you know, Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Mark and Dryden wants to know, is it me or not? Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you for asking. Yes. Uh, when I, that I think when Bianca uh, Belair twirls and skips to the ring, uh, no matter what the situation is, that it's off-putting. Uh, it's a big disconnect for me. I wouldn't say it's off-putting, but uh, somebody needs to say, hey, when somebody, she needs to be produced better in that situation to go, hey, make your entrance a little bit more intense to the uh, the moment, you know. If somebody just did something horrible to you and you come to the ring and you're smiling and skipping and it's twirling your hair... You should be angry, right? Right. That might not be on her shoulders, but that should be on the, the shoulders of the people producing her. Yeah. To say, hey, this is what the situation calls for. This is what you need to do. And and even, you know, walk through, do a walk through. And, you know, even if her music comes out and she, like, twirls her hair and goes, uh-uh, and then just starts sprinting to the ring to fight the person. And the announcers and you know the announcer about to make the announcement, you know, has to scurry and all this stuff. Right. It just turns into fisticuffs. I wouldn't say it's on her shoulders, but it's on the shoulders of the people who are producing her. Does it go? Hey, we might have to do something. Like, you know, might have to you know switch up your entrance to uh, for you to, to just hit the ring hard, right? You know. So I, I get it. I wouldn't say it's off putting, but uh, that that seems like a little bit of a harsh word, but. It definitely makes it hard to uh, suspend disbelief. You know, I, I doubt I would be very happy if somebody did something very harsh to me and they come to the ring and stuff like that. And, you know, that's, you know, and there's a there's been a history of people who've kind of gone through the motions and done their, you know, traditional entrance after, even after something horrible is been done to them or you know they've been screwed over this that and the other thing where they should just come out a little bit more fired up a little bit more angry so to speak yeah then um yeah yeah i don't think off-putting is the right word in this context um i think that i, I mean my daughter sophie loves bianca belair like she is like a, oh she's a, great she's a a so over in this house it, it is impossible to overstate her being that way, but I, I think at some point they are going to probably have to turn her heel. Um, 
Because I know that at, at Backlash, they were booing her pretty good in the crowd. They were really over for EO Sky, and they were giving her the John Cena treatment. But I, I think when I say, like, you know, they have to, like, who the fuck am I? But, like, I think it's it, – they could be giving her the John Cena treatment. You know, she could become um, somebody who is – excuse me um, – polarizing. You know, I mean, she's, she's a, she's over with the kids. The kids love her, but the, you know, the wrestling fans are starting to grow tired of the gimmick and the shtick. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think the backlash thing was like a one-off thing. Yeah. It was just kind of like the crowd took over the show kind of way that, like I said, the, the Toronto crowd took over that WrestleMania where, you know, Hogan was supposed to be the heel and Rock was supposed to be the face. And they said, nope. And for every reason, you know, you know, uh, Puerto Rico was like, EO Sky's our girl, man. Yep. But I did hear, you know, Bianca getting cheers, but like the fact that, you know, she got a little bit of booze and EO got, got a good amount of cheers was like, oh, wow. It's going to be one of those shows, huh? So I think it was just a one-off event. Pod Squad member Machete Von Kill wants to know, hey, Meanie, any, what good, up? any good awkward road trip stories from back in the day? Oh, anything with balls, Mahoney. <laughs> uh, dude, there's a. I wish Dark Side of the Ring would do uh, an episode on this. There, there's a convention that happened in 2007. I called the San Fran Fiasco. Mm. And uh, holy shit, I get. I forget, I forget the name of all the participants in this event, but. I got booked on this convention in San Francisco. And if you see like the poster from it, it's like the who's who of everybody, you know, DDP, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Roddy Piper, all these names, you name it. And, uh, we leave, I, I, we fly out from, I flew out from Philly, me, Mrs. Meany. Francine and Sandman all flew out or flying out from Philly to San Francisco. And, uh, we, we get to San Francisco. Actually, I think they flew us into Oakland, which made no sense to go to San Francisco. And we're flying home from, I, don't know, I, I mix it up because the, the, the booking of the travel was so off. We might have flown into San Francisco and we might have had to fly home from San Francisco to go to a different airport in Oakland, which is Oy. bizarre. But they send like these two guys to pick up me, Francine, Sam and Mrs. Meany in the car where it's the two guys in the front seat and the rest of the car is filled with DJ equipment, like speakers, this, that, and the other thing. And we're all kind of like smushing and it's like, that's going to be one of those trips, huh? Yep. So we get to the hotel and then, uh, it turns out like, uh, the promoters like right off the bat, were like up to no good. Like they had, uh, certain wrestlers paid for their own air, airfare on promise of being reversed coming out to San Francisco and they tried to pay, uh, pay the people back in like starter checks the the checks you get when you open a bank account yeah you know like and there's a line of like wrestlers at the hotel room waiting to get paid and oh, this geez. that and the other thing you know when the steiners are at your hotel room looking to get paid you know it's going to be bad so um i know i'm telling the story like i'm, I'm doing the cliff notes version of it because there's so much that happened like they had they had wrestling you know, that the one night I tagged with, uh, Al Snow against, uh, Luke Hawks and another guy whose, whose name I, I'm, I'm blanking on. I'm, I'm I, a great guy too. I can't think of his name. And that, that, if the show was at the Cow Palace, the convention was at the Cow Palace. The show was at the Cow Palace. And the next night, Ring of Honor had a show there. And somehow Ring of Honor ended up getting screwed on the deal too, where they lost all the money. But, uh, got to a point where like thank god like i made a deal where i was like look you know uh i work at this rate you know fly my wife out give me a hotel this that and the other thing 
thank God I brought my own merch too. Right. Because like nobody got paid to wrestle. People who were supposed to get paid for the convention didn't get paid. So I brought like my BWO shirts. I brought my eight by tens and they had these eight by tens, like these stacks of eight by tens, like at one part of the convention where like, I guess fans were supposed to buy them and come over and give me a ticket. I just went over and took the whole stack of eight by tens. I was like, yeah, that's, wow. that's it. You know, I, I think I wound up doing better than I normally would have, but, uh, one of the the big high spots of the fucking weekend was fucking Stone Cold showed up to the convention, and somebody's yelling, "Don't go in there! It's a big ripoff!" This that and Steve Austin's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Steve Austin gets back in the limo and he has somebody explain the situation to him. Yeah, They're like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shit show in there, but people have paid to see you. You know, I, I got, I'm, I got, I'm sure Steve got paid up front, but. Like once Steve realized fans did pay to, to see him, even though all this other Steve made it a point to go in there and do his end of the bargain, right? You know, and sign autographs, this that, the other thing. But the whole thing was a total shit show, and you know, from flying there and fucking <laughs> Sandman was supposed to uh, fly back to Philly like a day before we did, and he went. He went to the wrong airport because they flew you in the, and if either flew us in on San Francisco, we're supposed to fly home in Oakland or vice versa. But I think it, cause we had to try to find a way to Oakland right. from San Francisco. And luckily Luke Hawks knew folks in the area that could give us a ride over to the airport. But, uh, Sam showed up for his flight in San Francisco. They're like, no, you're flying out of Oakland. He's like, what? You know? And oh my God. Whole <clears throat> fucking thing. Uh, Mike Leno, uh, who's a uh, wrestling journalist out of the San Francisco area, was there. He, I'm sure if you hop on Google and look up you know, San Fran fiasco, Mike Leno, he 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 wrote about this in detail, and it could be it could easily. Oh, this was the fucking convention where Lex Luger got paralyzed. Really, Lex Luger flew to San Francisco for this convention. And like he, he he said in his uh, A and E biography that like he had his head t- turned the whole flight talking to somebody, and he thinks that screwed up his neck to where he could, you know became paralyzed because the one day we're we're at the convention and word around the convention went, Jerry Luger's paralyzed. He he collapsed. Blah blah blah. This and the other thing is like holy shit. What That's you know? Crazy. So th- that whole thing was fucking doomed because there were. They had like a MMA cage there. They're going to do like have shoot fights, and the the commission shut that down. Yeah, like the California commission or whatever. Somebody shut it down because they're supposed to have like some MMA matches, some pro wrestling matches. It was just fucking. It was so crazy. It and was the, so crazy. This was WrestleFest 2007. You said right? Yeah, it's San Francisco. If you, I, I still have my laminate for it hanging on the on the I'm other side. Pulling, of the, I'm googling it now. Yeah, um, San Francisco. In terms of this is from SlamWrestling.net. In terms okay. of in terms of man-made disasters, WrestleFest 2007 can be compared to the Hindenburg crash landing into the Titanic. This is written <laughs> by Bob Kapoor. Uh, the event okay. started off promising on Thursday and managed to overcome some obstacles on Friday to entertain the fans. Saturday devolved into a fiasco of epic proportions, culminating in the skipping town of the promoter. Scores of unpaid talent, angry and disappointed fans, hotel fistfights, and a foreboding mood for Sunday's portion of the show. Holy Santa Claus shit, Meanie. Yeah. This is crazy. You're yeah. stone cold and prime time. They had been paid in advance, it says. Um, here's my first good burp. Uh, let's see. Wow, this is nuts. Yeah. Blue I got to that to the... What's that? Uh, it's just Blue Meaning, Al Snow beat Luke Hawks and Alcatraz. There you go. That's the dude's name. He's a good dude. And who else? Looks like Ult- Ultimo Dragon was there with Billy Kidman. <clears throat> um, yeah, I got to, uh, oh wow. The Steiners wrestled, uh, the Dudleys. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Who else? Did I just read Scott Norton? Dr. Dusty Williams was there. Yeah. It looks like short staffing in the bar led to crowding, people being pushed in the lobby and anger. Um, WrestleFest had become a catastrophe. Violence erupted in the hotel entranceway in the form of Leland Chapman running up and sucker punching and knocking out MMA legend Don Fry and running away. Uh, Scott yeah. Norton also tried to apprehend him to no avail. Man, this is a whole fucking yeah. This could literally be a fucking dark side. We should you should we should send this to Evan. <laughs> Christ, S- send me the link. I will. I'll send this to you in a uh, in a private uh, DM, if you will. Gonna slide yeah. into your gonna slide into your DMs, baby. Um, this is a crazy crazy okay. story. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we may have to pull that apart in, in, in great detail soon because I, I have a lot of questions on that. I, I'm uh, kind of kicking myself for not bringing it up so they could have done it for season four. <laughs> but, you know, they could have got funding since Bob Kapoor's Canadian. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we get to get some of those nice Canadian loonies. Uh, yeah. Let's see, where are we at here? Uh, Robert Kelly has a question for you. He wants to know before you were in wrestling, what was your favorite job? Oh my god! Uh, like I said earlier, before I, I worked uh, graveyard shift in uh, Trump Plaza, which basically means I walked around looking for loose change on the floor all night. <laughs> um, people would leave credits in the machine all the time. You hit the cash out thing and scoop up coins. That's where I kind of knew I was going to be a good professional. You know, in hindsight, I knew that was my calling because working security and the Casino was like being in a locker room full of fucking the boys because you go to the locker room and somebody would act, pretend they drop change on the floor and you see all the guys run in to see where the change came from, you know? That's what we did. We just walked around, looked for credits for machines, hit the cash out, scoop it up, and then night, change your shirt, go and cash out, you know? But, um, I had, dude, I had so many different jobs. Uh, one summer, I, I rented bikes on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, which was cool and sucked at the same time. Uh, I was I worked in the Ocean One Mall, where did I tell the story where I worked for the Gypsy Machine? Yes, or the Fortune Teller Machine, whatever they, the one it was from called, Big, the, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't that. It was oh, oh edible. It was um, sorry, God bless. Um. It was a, it was like a, a like a, a, a stand, like a desk. There was the front side, I had two sides, said the gypsy machine or whatever. I know you can't really say that term anymore or whatever, I don't know. But, uh, that's what it was called. And there was like a big, like, big crystal ball looking thing that was bottom lit. So it looked like it was live and you could get people to come over and put, you have to talk, talk people into, you have to work people into giving you a dollar right. and putting your, their hand on the glass to which I just hit a space bar on the computer and it gives me a readout, right? <laughs> and you go, oh, here, here's your reading. So I did that for one summer. And that's that's where uh, I told you, you know, a couple of shows ago, I told you my Bobby McFerrin story. Yes. You know, well, I worked across from the fudgery and... Uh, the lady at the front, the teenager at the fudgery was like, oh, my God, and talked to him. And uh, I was like, oh, that's Bobby McFerrin. He comes over, hey, you're, you're Bobby McFerrin. He goes, well, if I was Bobby McFerrin, where I, where would I have gone to college? It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, I also had a job where, for the same company in the mall, where I was at a stand and, you know, for a dollar, I'd do a print out of the cost of living on the on this, you know, if you're born in 1973, the cost of gas was this, bread was this, the top song on the radio was this, that, and the other thing. Like harmless shit, you could just frame and put it up on, on your wall yeah. kind of thing. But, uh, uh, yeah. And the, the, our favorite jobs, it was working at the mall was kind of cool. You know, I was in eighth grade, so I was like making extra money and. Hey, I was going to be in the mall anyway, so I might as well got paid to just hang out in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that the running bikes was cool, and then like they had to 
they passed a law where everybody needed to wear a bike helmet. So that became a pain in the ass because then you had to make sure, make people wear helmets on the bike. And, you know, you always get that one fucking guy go, oh, okay, okay. And then they're, they're riding away. They, they take their helmet off, go, see, I'm not wearing it. And then yeah. what are you going to do? Chase them down? Yeah. It's like, fuck that. Don't be a prick, man. Dude, I'm just doing my fucking job. I'm just a yeah. teenager doing my fucking job. You're being a jerk off. I make $3 a day, man. Fuck off. I hope you get your fucking dick caught in your zipper. You know, just fucking. <laughs> I hope you sit on your nuts. Getting you know. the beans above the Franks, pal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the casino was fun. You know, you know, just, uh, being a, a, a people watcher the way I am, I like to watch people and, See how they react. The only thing that sucked about, you know, graveyard shift was they just totally fucked your day up, you know? Yeah. Up all night, sleep all day, kind of like the slaughter song, you know? But, um, yeah, I, I found, I found entertainment in, in every one of them and each one kind of led to helping me in professional wrestling where whether it was working people into believing a gypsy machine was or fortune teller machine was telling their fortune or, you know, uh, you know, just uh, working in a casino with a bunch of characters. You know, that were just it was it was something straight out of like Slapshot. It, it was it was like the ECW locker room, but working in a casino. So when I got to ECW, I was just like, oh, I'm, I've been through this before. I've seen yeah. this before. You know, we got two more questions to get us through the rest of the show. Legendary Luigi twenty twenty three wants to know. <laughs> Great name, man. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite match that you ever had in the World Wrestling Federation? Oh, man. I mean, it would have to be the Bradshaw match, right? Yeah. yeah. It's because real-life circumstances, um, being a surprise, which I like being, the fact that I had to kayfabe everyone about it and then slowly watch them react to it in time going, Oh, what, what the fuck? You know, like people, people, you know, AOL is still a thing. You're still getting, you know, AOL and semester. Like people go, hold on, what, what? Why didn't you tell me what, what? You know, but, you know, showing up to, it was in Sacramento, July 4th. It's July 4th, but it aired the 7th. Uh, showing up unannounced, well, to coworkers, you know, the office knew I was going to be there. Having the match, having probably one of the biggest wins of my career over former world champion, getting to squash a beef simultaneously, and uh, you know it, it being on on TV just to uh, you know, have that moment. Yeah. Uh, but if I had to give another moment, it would be uh, it was uh, me and Bob Holly wrestling the Brood. Every night, you know, and, and you know, since, since we're being WWE specific, got to work the garden with uh, Bob Holly against Edge and Christian. Shit, man. And we, we followed Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon, who we were the first match, but Shane and Vince opened the show. Wow. They come out, cut a promo, go to the back, and then it's Job Squad versus the Brood. Crazy. So, which is kind of cool. So, and somebody was kind enough to find me a bootleg of that match, which, you know, was kind of cool to, to watch back, you know. I'm so, sure. Yeah, working with Edge of Christian was great. Uh, you know, being with Goldust working against the Hardys was great. Yeah. You know, on Sunday Night Heat, you know, that's probably, that was another great match. But, you know, I was very fortunate to get to work with such, you know, such great talent. And the last question comes from our friend at Primetime Great. Oh, God. His name is May the Juice Be With You. Have ever, have either of you ever unleashed the fury of the booty while waiting in line at a food establishment? Has it ever worked to your benefit and got you further up the line quicker? No, but, uh, I mean, I've definitely farted in like ShopRite yeah. and just, the best is when you like fart and shop right and you walk over to the other aisle and hear somebody come up the aisle you just left and go, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> they give you the mangled up twisted face. Yep. 
Oh, well, you're not there to see it, but you hear it. Just like, it, it, you might as well lob the grenade over the fucking shelving into the next fucking thing. You just hear, oh, oh God. The worst you know, is but, uh, when I'm at work and I'm in the elevator and it's coming down and I'm like, oh, I got a few more floors to go. Like I'm on elevator floor 24 or whatever and I fucking let one rip and it's bad. They've been bad recently with all the yeah. protein I've been eating. And I'm then somebody gets in the elevator and I'm like, oh, fuck. There's multiple people getting in this elevator right now. And I got to yeah. stand here in this fucking smell. And it's just so yeah. fucking bad, dude. It's just just terrible. Because you know all their faces are like, oh, fuck, man. There was a ECW pay-per-view in Dayton in Ohio. And I was staying at my, my friend Jeremiah's house. Me, Jeremiah, and our, our, you know, a bunch of our friends went to, uh, I forget, it's something Kingdom. Uh, uh, right outside of Cincinnati and whatever it was, I was just fucking gassy and I'm just like farting, 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 farting. So we get live for the Top Gun ride and it's like one of those rides where you have to wait on stairs. Yeah. You're going up the steps and uh, I let one, I let a silent one go just, you know, one of those. and Jeremiah looks behind me and I don't even look to see, but his reaction told me everything about their reaction <laughs> to when, you know, uh, it was just like, it was just like, I, it's, you could have, you could have opened an envelope with it. It would just melt it to glue <laughs> and just, uh, Nasty. just, just kind of had to peel off my, uh, underwear with a tea cuddle at the end of the day. Just. <laughs> Scraping it off with a metal spatula. Yeah, just like oh, you throw it. Yeah, throw it right in the dumpster. Yeah, dude, just fucking. (laughs) Dude, the worst is like, dude. It's funny you say that. My kids, one of my kids, fucking sharted in his pants. He calls it hot farts, right? So he fucking sharted at school, and he comes home and doesn't say anything about it, right? Like he doesn't say a word, and the next morning. I find this fucking underpants, his boxer sitting on the floor in the living room. And Courtney goes, what the hell is this? Why are there shitty underpants sitting on the floor? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I forgot. I didn't mean to. Like, why would you leave the shit? I was like, oh, my God, this kid is just crazy. Why would you do this? Why would you? Leave? Uh, I had a hot fart. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I call it shorts. Uh, I, I made a solid. <laughs> I'm like, so wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you had a hot fart and you sat in it all day too? Like, why would you do this? Nobody sold. No, nobody sold. He and he he no sold it the whole time too. I don't stink. You stink. <laughs> it's not me. I know it's not me. Listen here, buddy. You shit my pants. <laughs> you shit. In I my didn't pants. Shit. I didn't do it. No shitting. I didn't shit my pants. You shit my pants. <laughs> It was yesterday morning. I'm just like, I'm downstairs. You ever have one of those moments where you're just so like flummoxed? You're just laughing because you're like, you can't believe this particular situation is occurring. I was like, I'm not laughing because it's, fu- I mean, it, it is kind of funny. I couldn't, I had to no sell that. Oh yeah. But, you know, but I'm also like, I can't believe you would just leave your shitty drawers in the middle of <laughs> just nothing, man. Kids oh. say the darn, kids say the darndest things, Poops, you know, poop Dane Jones down there. But one, t- one time, uh, one time, uh, this will be quick. Uh, oh, summer Lang City, we used to always get like a cottage. With their, it was called a cottage, but it was like a summer house in Atlantic City. And there was a kid, the next uh, cottage over, so to speak. And the kid was kind of a dick, right? Uh, we were playing checkers. I'll take the black ones. Nah, I'm the black ones. Uh, let me. Uh, it's my game. It's it uh, like that kind of shit. Kid was a real fucking wet blanket, you know, and I, it got to the point where I didn't want to fucking hang with him, right? Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I go, go back to where my grandparents are, and, uh, it's the end of the day, and, uh, kid comes to the door, can Brian come out and play? And my grandma goes, that kid's at the door. He, he wants you to play with him. I was like, no, I don't want to play with him. Tell, tell him I have hemorrhoids. 
and my knee, grandma's fucking knees fucking buckled and she had to like grab on it. She's like, Hem- do you know what hemorrhoids are? They're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you get them on your hands, right? She thought like some kind of like, like I was thinking of warts or something. Like, right. So, so I was trying to think of some kind of contagious thing. Yeah, I'm seven. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I know the word hemorrhoids from TV and tux commercials or whatever. Right. Or pre- preparation age. I, I, I can't come to play. T- tell them I have hemorrhoids. <laughs> or there's the time I'm riding my tricycle and there's a like raised pavement and the front tire hits it and I fucking fall off the seat and fucking crotch myself. Oh, God. Well, I'm like, ah, screaming. Like, ah. My grandma went to the door like it's fucking bloody. Mar- ah, Brian, what's wrong? She's like, I went, I hit my penis. <laughs> and again, she grabs the door and try. Yeah, she. I definitely inherited my grandma's fucking hysterical laugh. She starts laughing hysterically. Not because I'm in pain, but, you know, I'm just screaming to everyone in the video. I yeah. hurt my penis. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was no, I was definitely not discreet. Yeah. You know, yeah, that is my, that is my oldest son, not discreet either with his, his doo doo drawers, but I'm glad we made it through this episode. Yes. Without doo doo drawers here, which is always a possibility <laughs> we never really know because the seltzer could probably, come out the other way. I promise nothing. <laughs> Usually you just sit down right into the smell. But we uh, want to thank you all. Meanie, I want to thank you for answering the questions again uh, for this week for Ask Meanie Anything uh, 10. And uh, it is always a pleasure to do the show with you. And thank you all for asking us these questions and sending them in. We really appreciate This is our favorite segment of the show uh, that we do every week. Uh, we really enjoy it. And I love getting to uh, ask him these and, and extrapolate on the questions. Uh, but Meanie, more importantly, sir, where can everybody find you? On your social media. If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which I don't know how to use, at Blue Meanie, BWO, on all forms of social media. This Saturday, this very Saturday coming up, uh, May 27th, I will be at the It's a Toy Show, a toy show event at Farpoint Toys, at the Farpoint Toys location in Mays Landing, New Jersey, I'll have the uh, the bone crushing figures. Uh, you know the B, their old school uh, Blue Meanie and the very rare BWO figure. So if you want to come get out, get one of these. Uh, I can't. I I wish I could just get through a fucking read through. I feel like Casey Kasem here. You can't have a dedication after a, a dog dedication. A, a beat song. God damn it. God, a fucking dead dog. Yep. Yeah. But uh, okay. This Saturday, May twenty seventh, I will be at the It's a Toy Show Toy Show event at Far Poise Toys in Mays Landing, New Jersey, where I will have the bone crushing figures, the OG and the BWO, which is very limited. So come get these great looking figures from yours truly this Saturday, May 27th. Now that I got through that, uh, if you want to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProSNTs.com slash Blue Meanie. If you would like to support Mind of the Meanie, go to ProSNTs.com slash Mind of the meanie. Colin Elbow, the wrestling brand. Shout out to my boy Rod Hicks over at ColinElbowBrand.com. Use coupon code meanie or use coupon code mind and uh, save 10% on some great look at t-shirts. Now that you got those great look at t-shirts and you're a beer fellow like myself, you want to look good, you want to smell good, go to MadCatBeardCare.com. Get the blue spruce beard oil and beard balm. My boy Josh Thornton has done an amazing job at madcatbeercare.com where he rounds up the cats, takes it to the vet, and uh, all the money you spend there goes to take care of the cats at the vet. So if you're a cat lover like myself, go to madcatbeercare.com. Figure Collections Bone Crushing Wrestler Series 1's variants of the Blue Meanie and the BWO Meanie, as I was trying to talk about before, are available now. All Series 1 uh, can be ordered now at shop.figurescollections.com. That's shop.figurescollections.com to get yourself these awesome figures. 
Uh, to have the Blue Meanie on your podcast, go to podstars.net. That's P-O-D-S-T-A-R-Z dot net to get the Blue Meanie to appear on your podcast. Shout out to Jim Nelson at glaciersofice.com. Jim uh, made these awesome three of three only handmade custom BWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for Stevie Nova and myself. Each pair takes Jim about 50 hours per pair. So to see him make these awesome shoes, follow Jim on all forms of social media at GOI Kicks. That is at GOI Kicks. Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO for birthdays, holidays, and well wishes. Uh, let's you and I get together and try to make somebody's day a little bit better over at cameo.com slash blue beanie BWO. But more importantly, Mr. Bernard, now that I've fumbled my way through that fucking read, uh, where can we find you? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can go and find me on my social media. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, if it's still alive by the time you're listening to this. Uh, I'm also still on Mastodon very briefly, but you can find me at all those places at this is goober. Yes, that's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. So you can find me there. You can also listen to my second show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and listen to a lot of great stuff that's there in the archives. Don't forget right now, like right as you're listening to this, you can go to brothersgatter.com and pick up your official licensed Adam Bernard Wrestle Buddy. Uh, there are only a handful left. You can go and pick one up right now, uh, and also get yourself a Mind of the Meanie two pack and get yourself, get myself and the Blue Meanie together, uh, and, uh, beat the shit out of me if you'd like to, which I'm sure someone does. Uh, <laughs> go to brothersgatter.com right now and pick yours up before they're gone. Cause once they're gone, that's it. Uh, you can also go and sign up right now with my trainer, Brad Feinberg at the feinbergmethod.com and start your mental and physical wellness program today. Brad is the celebrated trainer of the uh, lead singer of Imagine Dragons, Dan Reynolds. He's also done work with Steve Aoki and countless of folks like me who are looking to better themselves both physically and mentally. And right now you can go to his website and use the promo code Goober and save up to 20% off of your entire purchase so go to the FeinbergMethod.com, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Foundation Radio. Uh, pick up a shirt and support the show, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Pick up a shirt and keep the lights on at Casa de Meanie and the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. Go to Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Sign up today and become a patron and a member of the Pod Squad. Uh, tiers starting at just $10 a month. You get to watch the show early and ad-free and get to watch all of our little uh, things that we do on the show here while we're recording. Uh, I want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the program and also the advertisers you heard at the beginning and the end of this program. Uh, Blue Meanie, I want to thank you again for your time and for another marvelous Ask Meanie Anything uh, program. For the Blue Meanie, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mind <laughs> of the Meanie. Peace! This episode of Mind of the Meanie is hosted and executively produced by the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. It was mixed and engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional narration is provided by the executive voice, Sam Kreps. Our intro music was performed by the Swamp Candles. Our outro music was performed by Chikara. Additional musical accompaniment is produced by Enrichment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mind of the Meanie and become our patron on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Find our entire show archive at mindofthemeanie.com. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of NLW Radio never stops.